Great morning, everybody. Great, 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 great morning. I tried changing it up for you, Caleb. Hey, good morning, Coop. <laughs> What's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. Are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's good? What's what's new with you? Another another beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. Um, I mean, we just we're 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 we just keep cruising along. Sorry, I got to spit my words out. We just keep going, man. Another day, another dollar. I love. What's it. up with you? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. We we uh, I know you and I. We just had a call here earlier this morning. Um, about uh, some developments, you know, just uh, added more added pressure, I would say. It's not really even like pressure, though. I mean, it's just kind of it's all part of the journey, right? Um, as you and I get into the uh, restaurant space, um, they always say, man, the first one's always the hardest. And so um, <laughs> that's what we're going through. But it's all good. It's all good. It's all good, man. I'm just getting my ducks in a row right now. Um, so when it's time to go, it's time to go because I feel like once we get in construction, um, time's going to fly, I feel like. so. Kind of like I was just saying, man, like day, days go by quick when, when you do. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, You know, uh, a couple episodes ago, you uh, asked me if um, if I got a Tahoe, and uh, no, my my wife, you know, being being the detail oriented person that she cool. is. Please, did just, I get you in trouble? Just hang on, just hang. on. <laughs> she goes a Toyota Sienna. Does Caleb know that's a van? A minivan? <laughs> I was like, nope, I didn't care. I, I heard Tahoe and I instantly my mind went straight into shutdown mode. I don't wanna I don't wanna hear no ve- about no vehicles right now. So it's all good. No worries. Yeah, Anyways. I'm out I'm out on the vehicle game, man. That's I'm out. That's a cash trap. It's all good. It's all good. Um Should we get into this episode today? I'm ready. All right. All right. Good morning, guys. On today's episode of Shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb, Cooper's going to bring in our next guest. Good morning, guys. On today's episode, uh, I'm pleased to say we have a, a author uh, who's been writing since 2018. She's currently in the publishing phase right now. Uh, book is called Sales Tales. And she's also a conference consultant. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have Mandy Graziano. <laughs> Tell me. Hi. I got... Hi, guys. You did it. <laughs> nice, nice pronunciation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mandy, so just uh, tell our audience a little bit more about uh, who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Yeah, awesome. Well, first, thanks for having me. I'm a little bit of a fangirl. I've been listening to your podcast, and I love it. 
I love the uh, I love the guests that you have. I love they're old and young and female and male and all different types of business people. So um, thanks for doing what you do. I know it's not easy work. So thanks for having me on. But thanks for producing awesome content. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my name is Mandy Graziano and I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I am a hopeless Cleveland Browns fan. And I used to be a Cavs fan, but I follow LeBron. So now I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah, much to the chagrin of a lot of my Cleveland, Cleveland family and friends. That's fine with me. Oh, good, good. And um, I'm in San Diego. I've lived in San Diego now for 21 years. So I feel a little local here. Um, that the story of how I got to San Diego is a whole a whole other conversation we can chat about later if you want. It's a pretty big milestone, I would say, in my career. And um, I would say first and foremost, before anything, I'm a wife. Um, seven years. I will have our seven-year anniversary in a couple months. And I'm a mom to a three-year-old golden doodle named Luca and an aunt to uh, four awesome nieces and one awesome nephew. So they range in age from, let's see, eight to 31 years old. And I'm a sibling, a sister. I've got three other siblings and I'm a daughter and my mom and dad, they're still kicking it. They're celebrating 53 years of being together. So I think first and foremost, that's that's who I am um, and what I'm all about is positivity and operating at the highest possible vibration and trying to surround myself with people that are really just trying to move their life forward and operate at the highest possible vibration as well. And then what I do for work is... I um, run three different businesses. So um, the moneymaker is conference consulting. So I'm a broker for a company called Hospitality Performance Network. And we find hotels and venues for people all over the world for conferences and meetings, um, any size from 10 people all the way up to like 10,000 people. And I negotiate contracts and deals. Um, and then I turn it over to my business partners to plan the meeting. Most of my clients are planners, though. So they they once I'm done with the contract, they take it on and plan it themselves. And um, I've been in the conference world, gosh, for about 23 years. And then um, in tandem on act coaching business, a business and sales coaching business 14 years ago, while I was um, still on the hotel side. And then I also do public speaking, um, talk about sales, negotiation, business, talk about entrepreneurs, growing their business, um, adding revenue streams. And then recently I wrote a book. So my newest title as of a week and a half ago is that I'm an author and I wrote a book called Sales Tales and it's going to be coming out later on this year in October. So, man, that is, you know what, Mandy, that's awesome. I feel like. Ever since we've been starting, you know, doing this podcast, I feel like every week there's people on here like you that are doing so many things that I look at myself and Caleb was like, man, we need to do more. <laughs> cool. Chill out, man. I, I, I feel like my plate's pretty full right now. <laughs> I, so. I feel like all both your plates are full. We've been listening to the podcast. Um, <laughs> can we, can, can we, so that's great. So like what, why, um. Why? Why? Why you do all these all these things, Mandy? Why? Why? Why are you trying to be all you can be? 
Yeah, be all you. That's that was such a great commercial. What was that commercial? Be all you can be. Uh, I can't think. I can't even think, <laughs> I can't of, think it. of it either. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you asked that. I think there's a, probably a couple reasons for that. Number one, I'm really curious. I'm. It's almost a disease of how curious I am. I love to just learn and understand how things work and why they are the way they are and how to make it better and what makes it bad and how to duplicate things. You know, I'm really interested in just understanding how things work. I think curiosity, um, I'm really inspired by curiosity. And then I think the why for my other things, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit behind. Um, I feel like a little bit of a race. I was a little bit of an underachiever um, probably until I was, gosh, 22, 23 years old. Um, I, you know, I didn't have, I wouldn't say I didn't have a ton of ambition. I just didn't feel wired for motivation or wired for ambition. And then something just clicked in me and I've just been going ever since. And I don't know why that is, but I do feel like I, I am in a little bit of a race to maybe make up for a lost time. I was a bad student and, uh, I was a social butterfly, all that other stuff. So I didn't, I didn't achieve some of the scholastic endeavors. I'm sure my parents would have liked me to. Um, but I feel like I'm just making up for lost time. Now that I, now that something clicked in for me, I'm like, ooh, I can do that. And I can do that. And it, I, everything can really be limitless. Like I can just do whatever I really want to do or at least try. You know, even if I don't succeed at it, I can just give it a shot. That That's awesome. Um, you're, you're never, you know, you're never too young and you're definitely never too old to just start right and totally uh, that's that's so that's awesome can can we can we talk a little bit uh you know when you sent me your bio you talked about some of the challenges uh with covid and your conference consulting uh business can you can you just talk a little bit um about that yeah for sure i mean I feel like a warrior. I weathered a war and <laughs> um, and I came out stronger than ever. I, you know, the conference business is interesting um, because our, our business model is interesting because it's 100% commission and you get paid 50% of the commission when you sign a contract and, they, and you get the other 50% after the conference happens. So, you know, some conferences that were supposed to happen in 2020 or mm -hmm. 2021 I got paid an advanced commission in like 2017 or 2018. And then when the conference was supposed to happen in 2020, I'd get the second part, right? The, the final commission. Well, they didn't happen. So we had to pay, I had to pay back the advanced commissions, which, you know, wasn't super cool. Um, no. And, and I had a uh, hundred and I think I looked at my tally the other day between 2020 and 2021, I either canceled or moved. The moved I called lift and shift. Um, so we lifted them out of 2020 and moved them to 2022 or to a future year. And um, I think I had about 132 contracts that I did that with. Wow. So even though conferences weren't happening during COVID, I was busy um, just, just moving contracts, moving business. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it all for free. Right. And um, I... You know, when you when you start this type of business, right, you yeah, we started um, I, I say we my my husband is not in the business with me, but he supported me. And uh, when I decided to come over to the side of the business, when I decided to go from a super cush 
salary, 401k benefits, hotel job, over 200% commission, all the risk back in 2010. Um, but when you, when you do this side of the business, you, you plan for a disaster, right? So luckily we hadn't had anything awful happen from 2010 until now. So I was prepared for it, right? You're just, you're ready for it because you know, it's going to happen eventually. That's just the normal cycle business. So when it happened, I just buckled up and I said, you know what? I am just going to maintain strongest relationships possible with my clients because they're all going through something too. And I am going to be as relevant as possible and be up to date with every possible gathering guideline in city, states, counties, countries. Um, so when people ask me if they can host a meeting, I'll know exactly what's happening in that particular destination. And then I stayed really up to date, um, talking to a whole bunch of lawyers and finding out, you know, what's, what are my clients' risks? You know, what, what can they get in? What can they get out of? And how to really better negotiate in the future. So, um, yeah, I just, I did a whole bunch of work for free. It's paying off now. Um, but right. yeah, I mean, conferences shut down. The hospitality industry took a huge hit last year and still some of this year too. I really resonate with that commission statement. I work hundred percent commission for my main job too. And a lot of times, you know, you really are working for doing the, you know, the, these, these events may or may not happen. Right. And I, one of my favorite sayings is relationship. Live that out, whether you mean that saying or not, you know, you really just try to put your clients first and, hope you know i'm gonna get paid in 2021 or 2022 or whenever you move them to um mm -hmm. when you, you said something interesting i'm gonna go back you said you felt like you had to make up for last time and coop and i love to read a monthly book together to make sure we're you know sharpening each other making sure we're staying and, and I, when I'm, I always think of Ray Kroc and his book, Grinding It Out. Have you ever read his book or heard his story? I've heard his story, but I have not read his book. It's on my list. It's a, it's a cool book, but what what I'm wondering is, is there is there any, you know, person that maybe was a late self-starter that you look, look to now or any current, you know, YouTuber or blogger or, you know, who do you go to if you're like, you know, I'm starting this kind of late. Who do you go to for your inspiration? Yeah, gosh, that's that's an awesome question. You know, I don't know if I go to anybody in particular. I'm a little bit, I think I have a whole bunch of mentors and they don't know they're my mentors. <laughs> I have, I, I'm a creep, I'm a creeper mentor looker. I'm a lurker of, of mentors. I mean, I, I love to read. Um, I, I love to read and I love magazines and I love podcasts and I, you know, I, I and I listen to people, right? So, you know, I mean, people will talk, so I can get a nugget from anywhere. Right. And so it's not ever really one specific thing. You know, I, I, I hear things all the time in different conversations where I, where I feel, huh, that's really interesting. You know, I think my, my latest thing is business bedside manner. I'm really crazy about business bedside manner. And, um, and I think I, no one ever said that exact word, but I overheard somebody talking about that probably at the beginning of COVID where, where um, and I can't remember who it was. It, it was, a, I think it was a general counsel for a, a client of mine. And I think he was saying, you know, 
here's what's going on in our business. I just wish the hotel would understand what's going on in it. And in my head, I was thinking, yeah, I wish you understood what was going on in my business. And I bet the hotel wishes you would understand what's going on in their business. So I, I think as of late, my my antennas are really pointing towards people that are talking about re- relationships of reciprocity, right? So maybe we are competitors and maybe you're my vendor or whatever it is. We're, we're just trying to understand each other. And I think my antennas lead more towards those types of mentors lately than uh, than actually just talking to somebody that, you know, that, that could give me a nugget or two. That that's awesome. Um, Caleb and I were, were also, you know, readers and like we listen to podcasts and, and you can get information anywhere if you're listening or if you're listening to the right people or reading. Um, and you can use that as mentorship. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you do that um, as well. Uh, Caleb, many different, many different ways to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I do have, you know, I have other mentors, like I have, um, I have a woman, I'm going to see her on Wednesday. You know, she used to be my boss's boss's boss, I think, like many years ago when I was on the hotel side. And um, she's, I haven't declared her a mentor and she certainly hasn't declared me a mentee, but, you know, she's, um, she's, uh, you know, significantly, you know, she's, she's about to retire. So she's farther along in her career, obviously, than I am. And she's had a, a, a great career and she's been a great human. You know, she's had fun and she's been a great aunt and she didn't have kids. My husband and I don't have kids. We're childless by choice. So I kind of follow those types of people that maybe have something similar to me. And I just love to spend time with them. So it's, you know, I'll see her on Wednesday and I look at her in my mind as a mentor and I, I follow things that she does to try and understand, well, you know what? Maybe I can do the same thing with a twist or, hey, I really like what she said about this. So I do have those types of people um, and those, you know, those types of experiences. Love it. Love it. Mandy, can we can we talk a little bit about um, you said, I, I believe you said you made the shift from a cushy 401k job to mm-hmm. straight commission mm-hmm. in 2010. Mm-hmm. Great question, Cooper. Thank you. Can, I'm just curious what, so what compelled you to make that shift? Oof, that's a great question. You know, were there any haters? I want to know that too. You know, there was, there weren't haters. It's a, that's a great question. There weren't haters per se to my face. There were a lot of what the heck are you doing? Like what, mm-hmm. you know, what is wrong with you? But I, you know, what, what made me make the shift was love, honestly, Um, I met my husband now, my boyfriend at the time. And two weeks later, I moved to Las Vegas um, for a really awesome leadership job um, at Caesars Entertainment. And I was there and it was just supposed to be a fling, right? And he kept showing up to Vegas and I kept coming back to San Diego. And it got to a point where we both knew like, oopsies, like somebody's going to have to make a move here. And I wasn't going to make him move to Vegas. I had just moved there and I still had my, I owned my condo back in San Diego and I, uh, I found love, which is kind of crazy because prior to that, I was a really bad girlfriend. I made my career number one, numero uno. I was super competitive. I wanted to be the best at everything. 
And anything or anyone that got in the way, I was not into. And here I meet this guy unexpectedly. He wore a baseball cap on our first date. I swear I'd never date a guy that wore a baseball cap on the first date. <laughs> he barely shaved. His his car was filthy. You know, all these things. That I red said, flags. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to date this guy, whatever. And I we fell madly in love. And I made a decision for my heart. I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to figure this out. And I decided that I was going to move back to San Diego and I didn't have a job. Um, I had an awesome job in Vegas, um, but I knew I was going to move back to San Diego because so I could be with this guy. And um, I just followed my heart. And then after I was telling some people that then and uh, CEO, he's the CEO of uh, HPN, he I had heard that I had fallen in love and I was moving back to San Diego and he was, they were a client of mine for many years when I was on the hotel side. And he's like, are you ready to come? You know, are you ready to come over to the other side? And I said, I have no idea. We talked about it and, um, and I did it and you know, it was a huge risk and I bet on my heart. I thought, well, I'm going to move back to San Diego and I'm going to work for HPN. I'm going to do this commission job. And, I have, you know, I've everything I had was betting on myself. Um, you know, I didn't have a second income. It was all up to me. And I didn't uh, have a whole bunch of money in the bank. So I knew I had to be fast and furious and just hit the ground running. So I did. And this is uh, during a recession as well, correct? Yeah. Well, yes, it was right. Yeah. Because when I got to Vegas, well, sort of like 2008, right, the auto crisis happened. And then 2009, the convention business, especially in Vegas, was really hurt because um, that was when, I don't know if you remember, when um, a bunch of banks and different insurance companies, they were spending the money, they were having bad PR, and a lot of them were in Vegas. So um, I was working in Vegas at an awesome time, an interesting time, because they were so used to the phones ringing off the hook. And I was all about, listen, we got to lock ourselves in the room for an hour and a half a day. We have to have power hour. We got to hit the phones. We got to make mm-hmm. the cold calls. And they had never really done that before. The team I was with had never really done that before. So I was there for a short period of time, and I feel like I made a really good impact. I moved back to San Diego, and I continued my coaching business. Um, when I, you work for HPN, you know, it's, it's, you run your own business so you can work as much or as little as you want. It really just depends on how much money you want to make and how hard or little you want to work. And it gave me that flexibility to really then expand my coaching and speaking business too. All right. So this is a, that's awesome. Um, this is a question we usually ask maybe a little bit towards the end, but I just have to ask right now. Um, how do you deal with the fear? Mm. The fear of what just like, oh, I hope I do it. I hope I can make it kind of thing. Yeah. Or maybe even, you know, you've you've started doing it. You're six months in, you know, you've had some success, but like you've had some bad days too. And you get that little nagging thought. Yeah. So it's really interesting. In business, I have never felt a ton of fear. Like I feel fearless. I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. I'm not afraid to try something new. I'm not afraid to expand some sort of business, you know, idea. Um, I was afraid early on of losing customers. There's just so much on the line early on, right? Every, mm. every deal counts. So um, I was fearful that if I didn't do everything possible for each customer, then I would lose them, which is not a really 
it's not a position of leverage, right? It's not a good place to be. Not a healthy spot to be if you're no. a salesman or woman, no. right? But what I learned um, over time through that, that fear piece is I learned how to fire customers. I learned, um, I got really, really good at evaluating that dollars to grief ratio, right? And oh, yes. I got really good at um, qualif- qualifying customers and allowing customers to qualify me and for us mutually to determine if we're a good fit for each other. Um, and I think through that, I faced the fear, right? I, I have this visualization of, do you remember the big, uh, the big red Kool-Aid man when he would just knock through the fence in those commercials when we were kids? Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Yes, exactly. He was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. This guy. Like, I, every, every time I would be afraid to fire a customer, I would just think of that guy and I just put my face on him and just charge through that fence and, and face my fears because I knew that that was going to give me more time for better, more qualified customers. And it was going to give me more time back in my business to take care of my existing customers and maybe develop those accounts a little more. So I think the only real fear I had was the fear of losing customers. And I got, I got through that pretty quickly. I would say in the first two to three years, by, by the end of the third year, beginning of the fourth year, I, I got, I got over all of that pretty quickly. It sounds from what I'm hearing is you, you took, you just kept taking action, right? And yeah. it's almost like you didn't allow a lot of fear to really manifest itself because you were so busy just taking action. Yeah, I didn't give energy to it. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. I didn't give energy to it. I just sort of looked at it as like, a, let me scratch my head and solve this problem and just take mm. a big bite out of it. You know, I didn't, I didn't let it paralyze me. Now, I am a fearful person. There's plenty of things in my life that I'm afraid <laughs> of. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of needles. I'm afraid of the doctor. I'm afraid of people driving fast. I mean, I'm afraid of all sorts of things. But when it comes to business, um, I don't feel terribly fearful, except for the beginning when I was afraid to lose customers. Love it. Love it. Love it. Let's uh, let's fast forward back to uh, 2020. Not yet, Coop. Not yet, Coop. Not yet. All right, bro. <laughs> well, you go, dude. What do you got, Caleb? Let's hear it. Uh, Cooper, I want to stop you real quick before you go back to 2020. Um Mandy, you had said, you know, you, you kind of felt like you got started late or that you had to make up for lost time. I'm curious if during that process and even in the past when you had to restart with San Diego, did you start setting any massive goals or how did you keep yourself accountable? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I feel like I just always um, had my eye on the prize, you know, and it wasn't I'm not a personal fan for myself. I know this works for other people, but I'm not a personal fan of, you know, five, 10, 20 year goals. You know, I, I sort of just make a one goal, whatever that project is. And then I just chip away at the plan to get to that one thing. And then I, then I set another one. Um, so, you know, I mean, holding myself accountable, I, I set calendar appointments. I write roadmaps um, for myself. Be, writing a roadmap is a huge part of my coaching business because um, entrepreneurs, you know, once you start your own business, you don't have a director of sales anymore, or general manager, or somebody looking over your shoulder. And um, so I write roadmaps for people and then I do hold them accountable. And I did the exact same thing for myself. So um, just a roadmap of, you know, what, 
what task I want to accomplish, what date I want to accomplish it by and what project it serves. And yeah, it's just real boring stuff, but that's what I did to hold myself accountable. (laughs) Boring for some, essential for others. Yeah. Yeah. I also would do, um, you know, with different things for accountability, I would share my goal with people and I feel like there's some sort of power with verbalizing your goal Mm -hmm. because then people hold you accountable. You're not technically asking them to hold you accountable, but they do by saying, Hey, how's that book coming along? Or, Hey, how's that new client you're working on coming along? That is why I never tell people how many houses I'm going to sell in a year. (laughs) Because as soon as I say it, I have to do it. You got to do it. Well, thoughts become words and words becomes action. You got to, you got to tell people. This is terrible, Mandy. You should. Yeah. So, sorry, Coop. My, this is I'm I'm, I'm sidetracking. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm just I'm just waiting for you to pass me the rock, bro. Um, <laughs> I think we wanted to fast forward, Mandy. Uh, okay. Coop, I think Coop, you had a question. Is yeah. That right? So yeah, yeah. So um, that was that was great, Mandy. Um, <laughs> with so when 2020 happened, um, and everything was shut down, I'm just curious to know. You know, just listening to all the things that you're got your hands involved with um when 2020 happened why didn't you you know feel sorry for yourself what was me what made you push through that and and work for free essentially yeah that's a great question um I don't know a lot of people think I'm crazy I uh you know, I just feel like putting my head in the sand wasn't an option. I really, I, I felt positive that this wasn't going to be forever. I knew it was just going to be temporary. And uh, just like everything else in life, the hardest things, everything is just temporary, right? Nothing is permanent. Right. And I knew that when we came out of this, I didn't want to be the person that put my head in the sand. So mm. Um, I just did everything I could to stay alert and bright. And I, I knew like I've, there was so much that was out of all of our control, right? Like the guidelines were changing by the day. If this, at that time of year in a weird, uh, the San Diego weather was crazy. The, um, it was raining. My dog was inside. We were, I remember running laps with her through the house because she couldn't go outside because it was raining. You know, there's all this stuff that's out of control that you, there's nothing you can do about it. And I just knew that the only thing I could control was my, my mind. I can only think I control is how I respond to this situation and everything else. I just got to leave up to fate and leave up to the universe to figure out its plan. And so that's, that's what I did. And I don't, I honestly don't know why I don't know if I, if I even had a reason, I just was driven to just keep moving forward. It was just in my guts and I just went with my gut. That's awesome. That's control, you know, control what you can control. And I, I, I love the the thought and the mindset, you know, everything is temporary, you know, this isn't going to last forever. Um, that's cool. Can we can we can we touch a little bit on um your book? Uh, sure. Sa- yeah, sales. I was so curious of this, yeah. this transition. So yeah, curious. Can we, yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about like how how it came up? Um, you said you say you've been writing it since 2018. So can you just mm-hmm. you know just kind of talk about how it's it came up and you know things you're learning through the process. 
Totally. Yeah. I, I love talking about my book. Thanks for that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've, I have been writing since I was a little girl in, in fact, I'm in my office right now and I have five duffel bags and six boxes of journals. And I was that person who's always had a journal or a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. And I am writing about people. I'm just watching and observing and writing hmm. and I've always done that, you know, I mean, I remember being in Ireland, gosh, back in Y2K, uh, it was like December 28th, 1999. And it was um, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland were having a uh, a sermon, a peace sermon on Parnell Square and just watching that go down. And I didn't really understand at that time. I know now, but I didn't understand at that time what the what the strife was. Right. But just watching how those people were interacting with each other and just the joy and the optimism and you know, there's just been other times where there's just different and not even heavy things. You know, I mean, I remember just writing about some beautiful girl that walked into the Luna Grill and I was in, imagining, oh, I bet she's going to order the healthiest thing on the menu. And she got like a year old plate with extra fries. I'm like, of course she did. You know, so I, you know, so you write about, I just been writing about things like this my whole life and observations. And so my assumption was that I was going to write a not uh, a fiction book, right? Of all these characters that I've met over the years, and I would just embellish their character and and make a story out of it. And then I hired a writing coach. You know, I'm a, I'm a coach, right? But I think coaches need coaches too. Yep. Um, and so I hired a writing coach and said, I have all this material, and I it's a dream to write a book. You know, my my grandpa was a writer. Um, he wrote poems and my mom's a writer. And she always, I grew up like knowing she would submit these stories to magazines, but no one ever got anything published. And so I'd always sort of had a fantasy, like I'm going to get, I'm going to get something published. And I hired a writing coach and she had me do all the exercises. She, I said, I have all this material. I want to write something. I don't know what I want to write. And she said, okay, here's your exercises. So I would do morning pages. So I had to write three pages, double-spaced, every morning as soon as I woke up before I did anything else, before I worked out, walked the dog, ate breakfast, anything. I had to do these morning pages. And it could be about anything. It could be about um, a dream that I had. It could be a grocery list. It was just free writing, whatever came to mind. And the goal of that was to clear the cobwebs of your brain so you can focus on what you really want to write. So we would meet once a week and I would say by the fifth or sixth week, she's like, Mandy, every time you talk about sales or you talk about business, your eyes light up, your entire posture changes, the tone in your voice changes. Can you write something about that? <laughs> and I was like, sure, I guess. I had never thought about writing about business. I, I love business and it's obviously a huge part of my life, but I just hadn't thought about that. I assumed it would be the character's. And so I started writing sales tales and I, and we worked together on it. And I said, I, I want, I don't want to write a boring business book. I want to write a book that still feels like a story. So I created the book in a way that it still follows a story arc, right? It still follows the sales process from start to finish. So, you know, prospecting for new business and building relationships and making presentations and networking and closing a deal and firing clients and then time management time is your greatest asset. And then I cover a chapter in disaster selling, which talks about um, how I somehow kept my job at the hotel when I should have been fired in 2001 after September 11th, when I was like the lowest person on the totem pole. And then 
how I cruised through the um, auto crisis of 2008 and then how I, you know, navigated uh, and kept my business afloat through COVID-19. So um, I, I ended up writing a book that feels like a story and there's a whole bunch of business nuggets mixed in there. And it's kind of funny and I, and it's pretty valuable. I think people will get some really good uh, life lessons, if not business lessons, life lessons from it. How'd you come up? I'm sorry, Coop. Sorry, I'm going to just steal the rock again. <laughs> Take the rock. You're, you're... There's, a main, there's a protagonist. Is that what you mean? No, it just, it follows an order of a story. So it, it's, so if you were going through like a normal deal, you're, you know, you, you're prospecting it, it go, it follows the order okay. of a sales process. Yeah. The sales cycle. And no. they're all stories. They're all okay. uh, stories over that. the last 25 years. Cool. Um, either me being a buyer, which I am now or uh, coaching um, see, stories I've seen cust- in my, uh, my coaching clients go through or in stories as a salesperson. So it's, it takes all three perspectives into account. That's awesome. Thank you. How, how did you come up with the, uh, with the title? Love the title, by the way. You know what? I love to rhyme. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm a rhymer. Um, and I think I was at spin class one day and I was just trying to think of things that rhymed with the word sales. And I think I got tails out of it. Um, and it's going to have a subtitle. Actually, um, the publisher and I are working on that this week in our weekly call. Um, but um, it'll it'll have some sort of subtitle to it as well. We just haven't we haven't created that yet. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Can we uh, talk a little bit about what what motivates Mandy G? um man just I mean curiosity I I just I I'm motivated by daylight you know I spring out of bed and I want to see what the day's gonna bring and what I'm gonna bring to the day I just feel just happy to be alive and people I get energy from people people motivate me my husband when we first started dating he uh he learned of my love of strangers you know I just I love talking to people I love hearing their stories and at the beginning, I think it was even on our first date, I, we ended up talking to some guy and he, he was like, God, you talk to him more than you talk to me. I was like, well, that's just what I do. I love strangers. And now, you know, we'll be somewhere. And he's like, you, you have, you got to go talk to that lady. Don't you? I'm like, I do. It's going to make me crazy if I don't. <laughs> so like, yeah, he gets it, which is cool. But yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm really motivated by people's stories and just life in general. What do you think is for Mandy G. Man, you know, I think I'm just going to publish this book and I'm going to continue booking meetings for people and I'm going to get solar on my house in a couple months. Oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and, okay. and I'll probably write another book, um, but not, you know, not quickly after this one. I, you know, I, I'll go with that. I mean, I, I think I'll do not. I think I know I'll do the convention consulting business uh, till I retire because I love it and I'm really good at it. And I think it's just a great value. Um, I think it's very helpful to people because I come from a hotel background and I know I can really help them navigate those 
weird waters of the hotel world. Um, and I, and I think I'll just probably write a, a lot more through the years. I have a long-term just idea of either starting a sales school or getting involved with the sales school or adding sales as curriculum to an educational situation because I really feel like we need to teach sales earlier in life. Um, I, I teach junior achievement. I volunteer for junior achievement. And some of the greatest days that I ever have are just watching an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old get excited about understanding value and, you know, why they would pay more for this pair of pink shoes than that pair of red shoes and, um, you know, helping them understand pricing. And, you know, I, I think we're at a disadvantage as a country. And this is just because I interact with international salespeople all the time. Totally. But I think we're at a disadvantage as a country that we don't teach sales early enough. And there's this stigma of sales that, you know, sales is a dirty word or salespeople are schmucks or salespeople are used yeah. car people, you know, all of that. And I think we really need to disarm people of that because, you know, I think about my mom who, you know, had to get four kids up, fed and out of the house by 8 a.m. And there's so much negotiation that happens in that. Right. Mm -hmm. And and there's sales in our in our life and our personal and professional life. So I, I think long term, I want to be involved in uh, helping bring the sales curriculum two kids at an early age. And I don't mean like a nonprofit or under um, privileged. I mean, I mean like everybody, everybody has access to it. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, wealthy kids or not wealthy kids. I, I just want that concept to be out there because I think, you know, what, and I know you, you guys probably know this, right? Like there's really no sales education out there. All the sales we learn, we learn on the job yep. and we don't become a master at it until we're in our thirties mm -hmm. or forties. And by then, we're over our career. And I think if we, we learn it a little bit earlier on, we could be masters at it in our 20s and then, you know, super masters at it in our 40s. And we can just peak a lot earlier, too. So that's, I don't know, down or, way down the road. Or or you could just pick up sales tales. Or you could just pick up a sale. Exactly. You could just pick up a book. <laughs> scoop it up. up. Sales tales. Just scoop it right on up. Uh, <laughs> Mandy, up. You, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I was trying to figure out how to ask you that question about sales. And I was going to ask you if you believe that, like, in our life, we're, we're selling every day. Or, like, yeah. we're negotiating oh, yeah. something every day but i agree with you like i i wish schools our school system or there was some program that taught us at an early age because you're you're 100 right now like when you said your i think you, your mom um had to wake four kids up like that's negotiation right there like trying to convince kids to get up <laughs> brush yeah. their teeth yeah eat, eat get out the door. Like there's some serious negotiations going on there. There's uh, no tougher prospect than that. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. No, so it, everything you said reminded me of never split the difference. If you've never read that um, big, amazing sales book and negotiating book, like everything you said, and I wholeheartedly agree with. And I know that's, that's like a top, top five, top 10 book for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm, your first book's going to be amazing, I'm sure. I bet the second one's going to be just as good. 
Thank you. I hope so. I think so. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Mandy, what would you tell your younger self? Mm. One piece of advice. Uh, it's all up. It's all your fault and it's all up to you. I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that wow. would be my best advice. I think when I was younger, I had a chip on my shoulder. I still do, but I think when I was younger, I was just, you know, I would probably blame everybody for everything. Or I'd be like, oh, I have bad luck or I'm not getting this because of this or, you know, that teacher doesn't like me or and that's why I got a bad grade. But the reality is, is I just didn't work hard enough or something, you know. So I think, you know, as soon as I realize like this is all up to me, you know, I'm I'm the only one that's going to make this happen here. Um, for the good or for the bad, but at least I can own it either way. So I I would just, I think I would tell myself it's, it's all your fault and it's all up to you. Mm. Awesome. Wow. Mandy, this was, this was a phenomenal episode. Um, thank you. Is there, if people want to get in touch with you or, or just want to talk with you, where's the best place they can do that at? Yes. I love talking to everybody. Well, as you heard, I love talking to strangers. <laughs> I love, <laughs> um, they can go to my website, mandygraziano.com. And you can send me an email right there. It's coach at mandygraziano.com. You can Google me, uh, Mandy Graziano, sales tales. I come right up right in the first three searches. Um, and then right on, right on the website, um, you can click on sales tales book. And you can fill out your email address right on there. And I'm about to do a chapter release uh, the beginning of June. So Ooh. I'm going to do little business nuggets um, once a month leading up to the book release. And then when the book comes out, then you'll already be on the email list. So you can get first dibs on, you know, on the book and the link and all that good stuff. I was going to um, say we can we can pre-order. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that the pre-order isn't up yet, but if you go on mandygraziano.com and you click on the sales tales book tab, you can put your email address in and then you'll be you'll get uh, an update when the when the when you can pre-order it. Um are you going to do some of this stuff on your IG page as well? Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Can we can we can I tag can I put your link for your IG? Heck in, yeah. No, okay. Oh yeah. I mean, you can, people can contact me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Mandy Graziano, or Instagram, Mandy Graziano, Twitter, I'm Graziano underscore Mandy, um, LinkedIn, Mandy Graziano, or just my website, Mandy Graziano. You can just find me, find me on the internet or however you want. We love when people say Google me, Mandy. We, no, we, we just love when people say I, that. Is she the oh. fourth one, Caleb? I think she is number four. It's number, number four. And then she's the second author that we've had on, which is it's awesome. Nope. Awesome. Third. I love you, Coop, but that's number three. You're right. Wait, who was <laughs> number three? Yep. Don't to... forget about Oh, Q. yeah. You're right. You're right. Yep. 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 No, right. it's all you're good. Right. You're right. Number three. Number three. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I feel happy that I'm lucky number three. I feel grateful. To... <laughs> I feel grateful to be on this with you. It's uh, it's awesome talking to you guys. No, Manny, th- thank you. Um, You know, and best of luck to everything you got going on. I would definitely be following um, and watching for sure. Uh, but yeah, this was great. Thank you. Thank you guys. Phenomenal episode. I want to give a, a shout out to my business partner. I don't know what was going on with his connection there. 
It's like, a, it's a, it's, here, here, man. It's hard out here, Coop. Is is great. She was worried about her connection being out in Cali, and here it is. My business partner is the one that has the has the technical difficulty. Oh, it's me. It was, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyways, uh, and and then he's the he's the first one to call me out. Like, oh no, Coop, she's number three. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the cool thing, Coop. I mean, we've been doing this over a year now. It's all, well it's over all, a year, man. It's we all good. To... Uh, I we 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 just found out earlier earlier today this morning that we're 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 professionals. Um, we got the the co-sign by my wife finally. Um, you know, it's hard on these streets. You know, when we first started, uh, we was getting feedback like dirt. <laughs> During the epi- during the episode, like getting feedback, and it's like, okay, cool. I was like, hey, babe, uh, I haven't heard any like feedback. Like, what's what's going on? She goes, oh, because you guys you guys are professionals now. So I had to call Caleb and tell Caleb, hey, Caleb, congratulations, you you've made the podcast uh, professional status. Now the wife just gave us the thumbs up, so I just want to say thank you. Um, cause I'm not no professional, so, but my, my boy CC is, so, but Some yeah, thanks Coop. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but anyways, Mandy Graziano. Awesome, bro. Just awesome. Awesome. Take it, what- it was, it was really good. I like, I, we need to put her book on the list. Like it sounds amazing. The sales tales for sure, bro. For sure, for sure. Um, dude, so like I said, when I her bio when she said she was working for free um yep. dur- during COVID, like and sh- as she was explaining her story, like that time going through um COVID and helping her customers, I did not one time hear her say anything about I. It was customers doing research, you know, making sure she was up to date and stayed relevant for her customers, talking to lawyers for her customers, um, where they were liable at and things like that. And I was like, <sighs> it's all about resourcefulness right there. Being resourceful and, and following the opportunity. I feel like today, so many people chase the dollars, right? Especially again, the quick ones. Especially the quick, especially the quick ones. I'm not, I'm not judging nobody for that. I'm just saying. Here you got, um, our guest Mandy went from a night, you know, a nice commission check to having to pay back and work for free. You know, knowing that this is temporary, just add a ton of value. And, you know, customers, I I can't imagine how customers feel about people like her because it's like, yeah, when business is back to where it needs to be, she's going to be the first one they, they go to. Like, if if you weren't doing that, you're not even in the arena when we're back to regular business, you know. Um, so that's what, that's what it, you just got to add value where you can. You just got to add, add value and follow the opportunity. And sometimes that opportunity might not pay you for a while. 
but it's 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 all about your why your you know what's driving you what's pushing you and it's always nice to have people on here that you know there's something bigger than just the check that they're chasing you know so that was that 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 hit me that hit me hard bro that hit me hard I just, I just like talking to salespeople, Coop. You just, you're always gonna learn something from a salesman. Always. It, like she said, she's got stories. I'm like, yeah, I know you have stories. You've been selling <laughs> something for twenty some years. I know you do. Um, no, I, yeah, it, this, this was a great episode. And I agree with you. Like talking to salespeople, especially salespeople that work that cushy job, right? I'm sure she was, she was making a decent living working. Oh yeah in the hotel business, uh, 401k, everything. And she made the leap. Uh, and I always, I, that's, it's always fascinating when you hear like people's motivations on why they do that. Um, and it's like when they jump over, it's hard to go back. You know, I, I, at least the people on this, on this podcast, I've brought on, they, they are loving sales, right? Um, and I just loved how we talked a little bit about, you know, just the negative stigma of salespeople and selling. And, uh, there is a stigma for sure. There is, there is, but, but we all are sales people every day, every day. Right. Like, you know, I'm just talking about Mandy's, uh, dating situation at the time which moved back to uh california yeah she fell in love but i guarantee you her husband boyfriend at the time had to convince her to come back up there you know i'm, I'm sure if he didn't convince her that was never going to happen like if she didn't feel compelled enough mm-hmm. um and there's some negotiation that goes on there some selling like how you present yourself how other people are seeing you how do you get your kids to go to bed? How do you? I, I, I heard your ears perk up. I couldn't even see you, and I heard your oh, ears perk up. It's all good. Well, it's it's constant negotiation, and when you know, I, I love it. You know, when when you got your daughter who is a just as stubborn as daddy, um, it makes for interesting negotiations. You know, man, I've been hearing Bray. You know, <laughs> daddy's daddy's been having to step in. Um, on some other situations. I sent you. You saw my snap from this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, we get we're get we're getting off topic here. Um, what make else? sure you hit up. Make sure you hit up Mandy Graziano. Um, check out her book, uh, Sales Tales. MandyGraziano.com. Uh, Twitter, IG. I'll put those links in the show notes. Um, Google her. Google her. I just love, love that. Google love that. Dave, you know, Dave Seymour brought that on. I love it. And ever since he brought it on, it's like every, Dude, every three big or Dave, four Big Dave is a killer. Go follow him too. Go follow go follow Dave Seymour if you want to see some of these apartment deals that he's buying right now. Dude, Dave had like Dave's got Dave's got a saying for everything, dude. We we can talk about the man off off topic, bro. But about his deals that he's working on right now, I'll I'll IG him and some of the numbers he'll throw in. I'm like, okay, yep, talk to you later, bro. My mind appreciate it. Fathom that, 
right now. Like, oh, yeah. $40 million. <laughs> anyways, anyways, getting off topic again. Um, everything is temporary. Uh, it's your fault and it's up to you. Also true. Also true. So what Mandy will tell her younger self, extreme ownership at the end of the day. You are responsible for your life and the decisions and the choices that you make. Mm. Period. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that was a really good line of hers. That's a good way to end it, Coop. So, anyways, uh, Caleb, anything else, bro? Nothing for me. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.